Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Hanitka, and you are listening to On a Mother Level. This is episode 114. My guest today is named Kelly. She is a mom of two. And when we were going over what we were going to talk about today, she mentioned that she was just like chat and hang. And so I kind of ran with that and we talked about um, some life stuff and some getting our kids ready for kindergarten stuff. And then we just dove into some hot topics. So this is a fun conversation. If you're on the road, you're driving around, nothing is going to make you cry today. Nothing super deep, but we do have a really fun conversation about kindergarten. I'll get into that in just a second. First, I want to tell you about the kind of day that I'm having. I got to work and realized I didn't have my purse. Like I brought my lunch and a water bottle and I have this little tiny carry-all clutch thing that has my keys and my key card to get into work, but I, but I just didn't bring my purse. So, you know, I just left the house with no purse, which means that I carry around a bag of nothing important all day, but it's still, it's your purse, you know? I left my purse at home. Whatever. Also, I've gotten two notices today from my child's daycare that he has bitten two separate kids on two separate occasions. So, you know, maybe he needs his purse also. I don't know. It's just that kind of a day. We talked about kindergarten, me and Kelly did, because I'm trying to get my kids signed up. And my whole thing is, and I talk about this in the podcast, my whole thing is, Why does it feel like I'm having to seek out the information to get my kid into a public school? Why hasn't the government sent me some sort of letter or maybe a welcome pamphlet? Welcome your child to the world of schooling. It feels like I'm making random telemarketing phone calls like, hey, do you know anything about getting my kid into kindergarten? And then when you dive into the whole topic of aftercare, like what do you do with your kid when their school is done, but like your work isn't done quite yet? That's a whole nother cluster. (laughs) So Kelly and I kind of dig into the fact that life systems between work systems and family systems are not mixing well. And I don't know if we're on our way to improving that, but maybe we are. Here's a sign that we potentially are. I was just in a meeting with a potential job candidate here at the news station that I work at, and the girl who was on the call is in college, and so she wanted to ask some professionals just some general job questions. And one of the questions she asked was, how's your work-life balance? How is your mental, you know, workload? Like, how are you doing with your mental health? And uh, right there on the Zoom call, I was like, it's garbage. Thank you for asking. But honestly, though, she was asking about 
hey, if I were to go into this professional career, what's my work-life balance? What's my workload like? And how am I going to be able to handle this, you know, mentally? Now, first of all, like props to her for asking, but also I'm thinking back to myself 16 years ago when I was applying for jobs. If you said the words mental health, I feel like you would have automatically been dismissed as someone who just can't cut it. Someone who just, you know, maybe needs to stay home with their mommy for a couple of years. So here's the deal. I mean, She, on that call, she is the next generation who is maybe going to master this thing, which we still have not figured out, which is I go into work at one time, my kid's school starts at a different time, my kid's school ends at a different time, my work ends at a different time, and oh, by the way, get dinner on the table and make time for reading. Yay, reading. So that's what we're talking about. I know you're going to be able to relate to this one. It's a great conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it and just, you know, sit back and take in the ranting and enjoy my stories about Kindergarten Roundup and our hot topics and find us over on Instagram at on a mother level. Here we go. It's Kelly. All right, Kelly. So here's where we're going to get started. So mom of two, Teddy's seven, Annie is four. And we're both going to have kindergartners in the fall. Obviously, Teddy's already gone through kindergarten, but Annie's going to go to kindergarten. She is. So what's the difference between preparing her for kindergarten and preparing Teddy? Mm -hmm. Um, She's very, I don't want to say advanced, but she's, you know, at like a, a, a more advanced place than where Teddy was. And I think it's because of Teddy, because she's watching him read and do math problems and all these things. So she's she's already there really. And, uh, academically, I suppose we're actually focusing on things like you're going to have to be able to open your own packages. You're going to have to be able to eat in a 20 minute period. You can't just sit and take all the time in the world. So this summer, we're really going to focus on what can you do for yourself? You know, you're not always going to have somebody right there um, to help you with your, your meals and putting your coats on and doing all the things. So we're a little bit more focused on that, which seems really odd. <laughs> no, that's not odd because you just made me realize that, yeah, I should stop opening Abe's granola bars. Yeah. And I need to stop, um, inciting this out on his jacket, you know, with like his, one his sleeves, he's like, will you inside this out? <laughs> Right. Yeah. You have to know that they can do it themselves and sure there's a teacher somewhere to help once in a while, but just let's work on that. Let's work on these independent tasks and get them down, get them down. Oh, Kelly. Okay. See, this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay. I, so maybe you can like flashback to when you were getting Teddy ready for kindergarten, because I just had this conversation the other day with other like fellow kindergarten to be parents. And how is it that I get like a thousand catalogs that I didn't sign up for, but I haven't gotten a single letter in the mail that's like, hey, sounds like you might have a kindergarten ready kid because we're the government and we know these things about you. Here's all the stuff you might want to think about doing or here's when you start signing up. I haven't gotten a single letter. I haven't gotten a phone call. I wouldn't answer it anyway. But, um, but there's no, there's been no correspondence. And the only reason I knew to sign my kid up for kindergarten is because another mom on a play date was like, have you done that yet? And I was like, what? 
Yes, I fully agree with you. It makes no sense. I had the same thoughts a, a couple of years ago when I was going through it the, for the first time. We live near a school and for the <laughs> for the and not even an elementary school. We live near a school. And for the past several years that we've been here, we always saw around this time of year, like around March-ish, we saw signs being put in the yard of the school that said kindergarten roundup, these date, this is the date. And we always thought, okay, I guess that's the signal. That's when we're going to know what to do. And it really was like, we made a note the spring before that it would probably be around that same time the next spring. And we, I think I called and I was even like, what do I do? Cause I knew which school he would be going to. And I said, what do we do? And they were very understanding, you know, but it seemed bizarre to me because do you have every parent calling? I'm a planner at heart. Like I want it to be figured out. I want it to be in my calendar. I need it to be set. And they're a lot more uh, wishy-washy than that. So it gets done. It totally gets done, but it's not, <laughs> it's not predictable and super formal and planned. Um, it seems like there should be a better process for this sort of a thing. It does feel like everyone just yeah. like talked amongst themselves. Yes. And we somehow got registered for Roundup. Somehow we found out about Roundup and we knew when to go. And that's where we registered our kid for kindergarten. I remember there were all kinds of paper forms that we completed, but now that we have a kid in the system, now that we're registering Annie for the fall, we could register her online. But I remember the first time it was all very paper and very manual um, at the school for Roundup. Interesting. Yeah. Very strange. Even still, I'm not sure. I, I registered. So I'm registering Teddy for third grade and I'm registering Annie for kindergarten. And it was specific days. Like if you have a kid already in the school, you could start registering this week. If you have a kid brand new going to kindergarten, you have to wait a week and do them later. Well, so I did that. And when I went to register Annie, it said, um, you have another kid under your profile who looks incomplete. Well, of course he is because I don't have his physical and all the other things. And then it made me go through all these steps again. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have no idea. <laughs> so you just, you do the best you can, I guess. And then you show up <laughs> that day. I think Roundup is the, the main day. Well, and I had, a, I had a, a, a whole experience surrounding the Roundup. So I'll tell you that story. But but leading up to the roundup, because the same parents who were like, hey, don't forget to register your kid. I'm like, on the news. I should know these things. I, I know nothing. So, okay, I'm going to get them registered. All right, great. Fill out all the forms. Fine. So then, you know, they're like, wow, like, have you thought about what you're going to do for aftercare? You know, because school ends at one o'clock. And I'm like, hmm, that's, uh, that's going to be a problem. Like, what do I do about that? Yeah. So, and, you know, the, the world is based on working parents. You know, like I have a yes. lot of mom, mom friends that stay at home and I have a lot of mom friends that work. So it's like, you know, like there are a lot of working families out there and school does not fit into a working family's platform in any way. So in looking at the different aftercare options and trying to figure out what works best with 
you know, my, my three-year-old schedule and our work schedules and who's going to pick up and who's going to drop off, we thought, okay, I think it might actually work out better if we tried to like, not open enroll, but like transfer to another school within the district that's technically farther away from our house, but based on their schedule and like our aftercare situation, that would be better. Again, we're only coming up with this because other parents are like, hey, have you thought about this? Not because I got any letters. <laughs> so, yes. so I call the school administration and I say, okay, you know, so if I want to transfer, do I take him to the roundup at the transfer school or do mm-hmm. I take him to the roundup at the, you know, the home school? Home. They were like, it doesn't matter. Roundup is so general, you know, just take him to a kindergarten so he can just see Okay, great. So I decide I'm going to take him to the school that we hope to transfer to. And he's like real nervous about it. And then meanwhile, my Everett is like, I want to see a kindergarten. I want to see a kindergarten. And my original thought was to take him to daycare and take Abe to the roundup. But now he's curious about kindergarten. So I'm like, okay, buddy, you can come with. Terrible idea. Oh, no. So I go to the roundup. And the first thing they do when you walk in is they're like, okay, what's your name? And and we're not on the list because that's not our school. So they don't have a special name tag. Right off the bat, Abe's like, you know, we have committed a sin. Like we're already in trouble. We don't have the name tag. What are we going to do? He gets his little photo taken with the little like class of 2035, I think it is, which I'm like. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) And Everett's already like, I want candy. I want to do other things. And I'm like, oh, like I shouldn't have brought you. Abram's super nervous because he doesn't have the name tag. And now they say, okay, if you have a red name tag, you're going to go with Mrs. A. And if you have a blue name tag, you're going to go with Mrs. B. And Abe's like, I don't have the name tag. I can't, what am I going to do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like now he's panicked because he doesn't have a name tag sign. So he refuses to go with either teacher A or teacher B. So now I have this one who's devastated and this one who wants candy. So like things are going terribly. Things are going terribly. So I sit through this hour long presentation while this one is pouting and this one is pouting. And at the end of the hour long presentation, the principal is like, we are so thrilled. It's gonna be a great year. Thank you for coming. So glad to have you. Um, you know, we're just so jam-packed over here at, at this school. We're not accepting any transfers and let's have a great year. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I was like, what's that now? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it was her like her last sentence. Her last sentence was, we're not taking any transfers. And I was like, Duh. <laughs> So what do you do now? I mean, he'll just have to go to his home school, you know, and so we'll have to figure out like a new aftercare plan. It was like this just cosmic like moment of explosion of like, there will be no transferring. You've sat here for an hour and listened to your child scream about candy (laughs) for no reason at all. So now he had, he didn't go to the roundup at the right school. I had to go get the forms from the other school. I'm st- we're still hoping to transfer. Like, I don't know if something else is going to happen. But so far, that has been my kindergarten experience is just like a colossal failure. Yes, the whole process <laughs> makes you feel like you have no idea what is going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even have all that trouble. And I still felt like I had no idea what was going on. I remember having trouble figuring out how to put money on his lunch account. I don't know if they have cards. I still don't know what they actually do at the school, but I remember that being an issue and I had no idea how to do that. And again, I called and they said, well, our offices shut down in the summer or they go to part-time or something. And I remember I had to go to a different school and write a check to someone and get it put up for the very first time. And then once you get set up, you're all in this online portal, which makes more sense. But that first time you're like, I don't have any idea what to do. I don't have a clue. And nobody tells you. And I was asking, I was doing the same thing you did. I was asking parents at my son's daycare class. And I was asking other parents, but so many other parents, that was their first kid too. I think I had one other mom that had gone through it. And I just kept asking her so many questions. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't want to bother you so much, (laughs) but I kept doing it. So, so just please keep asking your mom friends who've gone through it, whether they're at your school or not. And, and my other advice, I guess, for kindergarten, at least in ours, it changed our whole uh, morning procedure, right? So, and it was something that I was very worried about because at ours, we were expected, if you're, if you're driving your kids to school, we were expected to go through this little circle drive area, open the door, and he's supposed to get out and just walk to the right place. And I was so worried that he would just get lost, honestly, <laughs> between the car and the front door. Yeah. And we did, we did practice runs like the last week of summer before school, I would drive him up and I would get out with him and walk to the door because nobody was there. You could leave your car in the circle for two minutes. And we did that. And I was like, okay, this is where you're going to walk up and go in. And I hope it stuck. That first day went okay. (laughs) But just practicing things like that, if it's going to interrupt your, your morning set, or if you have like, like we would have one dropped off at daycare and one dropped off at school. And then you have to think about, okay, well, who's first and who's second. And just, you, you know, you guys both have to understand that's non-negotiable. That's the schedule that you're going first and you're going second. End of story. (laughs) So just silly little things like that are really the biggest stumbling blocks. I think just how it's going to change day to day. But once you get set up, I swear it gets easier. (laughs) Well, honestly, that's such a good point because right now, you know, to get two kids to daycare, if we're 10 minutes late, if we're a half hour late, if we're a half hour early, Mm -hmm. it just, none of it matters. Like literally nothing that we do right now currently matters. So it's going to be, we're almost going to have to get on our new schedule months ahead of time to figure out, okay, like, no, we have to get in the car at this time. And it's not going to be like this willy nilly nonsense that we do right now. Yeah. It's really amazing to me because the school for, I I forget the exact times. I want to say they open the, well, they definitely open the doors at 820 at my school. I think class starts at 830, 835, something like that, but they open the doors at 820. And they tell you under no uncertain terms that there is no supervision 
before 820. Just none. And that's a very small 10 minute window, maybe 15, to drop your kid off. They have to get there between 820 and 835 every single day. Yeah. And it's just and it seems to work. Like like I said, it 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 all works somehow it gets done, but it's just bonkers to think that every kid in that school is going to show up in a 15 minute window. It happens every day, but you're right because daycare is so, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, you may or may not miss breakfast, which is probably fine because you eat at home, (laughs) (laughs) but I I tell Annie, you can't miss second breakfast. Let's get going. So we had that, that timing struggle at first and, and it was, and it's literally, it's eight Oh five. We need to go kind of a thing. So yeah. it gets really specific in a world where you didn't have to be specific until now. Oh, I know. I know. And then we have early out days and the schedule's bizarre. And now you're going to get spring break is a whole week. Christmas is like two weeks when you, I'm guessing your daycare wasn't closed for any of that length of time. So it is, it's this whole new crazy thing and you're just supposed to take it. Everybody just somehow deals with it. And I, and you're right. I'm lucky with after school care that um, I'm working from home. I've done that for years. Um, When he went to kindergarten, we, our intent was to sign him up Well, he went to the daycare after school program as a transition. We thought, well, maybe the first year that would be a good transition. And then we intended to sign him up for the after school program that was at his school. And he would just stay there for, you know, the couple of hours. And honestly, I don't know what that entails. I think it's maybe everybody just sits in the gym (laughs) and whoever wants to run can run and whoever wants to read can read. I don't think there's really anything to it, but (laughs) When he was finishing kindergarten, that's when pandemic things happened and things got shut down and we didn't, we didn't sign him up after that. Um, So I, I, we, we should probably maybe look into something, but it's hard to do like, okay, well, we need an hour of care every day. It's tough. So the after school, we've pretty much bailed out on so far. um, And he just comes home with, with one of us. It's one of those things where you're right. You are, you are one of many who everybody figures it out. Everybody figures it out, but it somehow feels like we are, we are trying to marry two systems that like were never meant to be married. Like we are in an incompatible relationship of work and kids' school schedules and both things operate like the other don't exist. Yes, it's very strange. <laughs> the school calendar comes out as if there is no other calendar. There is no other thing. This is your life. Take it or leave it. <laughs> if you have to take it because your kids can't stay home with you. Right. Or they won't live till the next year. <laughs> One of you is going to just be done with the other. <laughs> well, and, and the response from like the sanctimonious mom is like, well, you know, school is not childcare. You know, your school is not childcare. Okay, got that. However, like I said, we 
we live in a world in which we have we have created both of these systems. No one else created them. It wasn't like some King Triton who was like, school must operate this way. Like we, we, the humans created these systems and then we created the women don't work at home, you know, work outside the home system. And we never have once attempted to go like, hey, what if like work schedules were the same as school schedules or vice versa, whatever. We just like keep existing. And then we made it even worse during the pandemic. And, and we're like, hey, so what if you actually did school at home? What, like uh-huh. on top of your work, like what if we tried to net? Like <laughs> we are the worst at this. We're the yes. worst at this. And we are like the best parents because we like care so much about our kids. And we know that not every parent on the planet cares about their kids the way, you know, or can care about their kids or whatever. The deeper you get into parenting, the more you realize like all of this is totally aft. Yes. I have that same thought where I, I look at my husband and I'm like, you know what? We're trying to be good parents. What do people do who don't care? Right. (laughs) I don't know how they make it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's the same with when you come back to work after having a baby, like those two systems don't match and yet you force it. We're forcing, you know, square pegs into round holes and it's just survive or don't. Um, I hope a lot of this is changing in terms of more flexible schedules and especially remote working and things like that. I hope some of that's changing for the better. Um, and I know everybody, not everybody can do that. Of course, not every industry can do that and not everybody wants to do that. Um, but it's really been a huge help for us. Um, I've been doing it for several years and just having that ability to not deal with after-school care, for example, it's huge. It's a game changer. We're still obviously, you know, my four-year-old still going to, to pre-K every day. Like I would never have a kid at home all day, every day and work. Like that's not going to happen ever. That shouldn't happen, (laughs) but there's a lot of flexibility. I think that might be coming. I hope, I hope it just has to get, it has to get better. I'm hopeful that it will get better. We've been screaming about it for so long. (laughs) I don't know the alternative. Well, you are about to advance like parenting level up by no longer having daycare in your life at all. Once Annie goes to kindergarten, like daycare is like that chapter is closed. Totally closed. And I really loved our daycare. I really did. I loved the people there, the teachers, they were so kind and, and, and generous. They helped us parent our children and they would talk to us, especially with Teddy, because he was our first, you have no idea what you're doing. And I kept telling these daycare teachers, I'm like, you're the professionals. You tell me what to do. (laughs) And they basically potty trained our kids, you know, and they just told us what to do. They told us when to bring pull-ups, when to stop bringing, but let's try it. And we're like, okay, great. I mean, they, they did it. They helped us through so much, but, I, but you're right. It's a, it's a chapter that I think we're ready to close. I'm very excited <laughs> to close it, but it does open up the new problems of the, the breaks and the weird schedules and all that, that we didn't have before. So I think what I've learned in the past few years is that it's just every step has its own struggles. It doesn't get easier. People tell you it gets easier. It doesn't get easier. It gets different. 
And once you think you have something figured out, it changes. You know, yeah. we had daycare figured out. No problem. We had, if, I don't know how we did two kids in daycare for a few years there, but we had it figured out and everything was running smooth. And then Teddy gets out. And even just that was a huge change because his schedule is different and he has a, a, a Valentine's day party and she didn't, or she had pajama day and he didn't. And we have to <laughs> go through this whole thing. You go to two different schools. Now you have two different sets of rules. Um, so even having them in different places was a shift for us. And now yeah. having them in the same school will be great in some ways um, and probably horrible <laughs> in some way I, that I just don't even know about yet. <laughs> the piece that I left out of um, my kindergarten roundup disaster is that it was crazy hair day at daycare that day. So I brought Abram with like this God awful like gelled mohawk. So we definitely oh. looked like like people with issues. <laughs> Nobody wanted to just chat with you guys after. They were like, oh, and it was gelled, so it looked like really intentional because it was. Like, it was. Sure. But they were like, oh, and who is this? <laughs> Who's this mess? <gasps> well, and I think that Annie will benefit from seeing Teddy do all these things, of course. You know, the younger kid always benefits ah. from watching the older kid. And even recently, she had just a really weird fever situation. You know how that goes. She had a, a low, low fever for like six days. It was the strangest thing, but it wasn't even enough to go to the doctor. We called the pediatrician. They were like, mm, just wait yeah. it out still. This went on for a, a whole week. She was out of daycare for a whole week for this low fever. And she went with me to um, drop him off and pick him up every single day. And she got to see it, you know, see the group of kids be outside waiting for their parents and how the cars went through the line. She saw that every day for five days and asked me questions like, how does he know where to go and where to be? And I'm like, you're, you're learning it, man. You are, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> What if we do some hot topics? All right, so here's a couple things that I had written down. Number one, we'll ease into this. Do you know who Bella Hadid is? I have heard that name. Okay, so Bella Hadid is like a supermodel along with her sister Gigi Hadid. Bella and Gigi look very, very different, but Bella kind of went through a glow up and she, she like looked substantially different after this blow up, but it helped her become this supermodel. So she just basically came out and acknowledged that at 14 years old, she had a nose job, 14 oh. years old. And now she kind of regrets it because she had sort of like an ethnic nose. And she's sort of like, I wonder like what I would have looked like if I had just like grown into my own ethnic nose. Sure. So the parenting question is, I've seen your picture of your daughter. She's gorgeous. And she has a button little <laughs> nose like you do, but... <laughs> But if she wanted plastic surgery, if she wanted a nose job, if she wanted a little cat eye, I mean, what would you say to her at 14? That's so tough. At 14, you're not done growing. Yeah. I mean, like, like this girl said, you know, she doesn't know what she would have looked like. 
So I think that's maybe the argument of, you know, you're not done growing. You can grow into your nose. Literally. I've seen it happen <laughs> in high school. You see kids like change over the summer. That's rough. That just to be elective, like you're just choosing to have this major surgery at 14. I feel like that's a no. <laughs> I feel like that's a no, thank you. Let's, let's wait it out and see, um, you know, and if a few years down the road, it, you really need to talk about it again. We can certainly do that. But at 14, that's rough. There's right? so much going on at 14. You don't know what, you don't know what in the world is going on. <laughs> and everything's life? changing. <laughs> what was your like hated feature when you were 14? Like, what was the thing that you were like, oh my God, I'm so ugly because. Yeah, this is going to be super hypocritical because I hated my teeth. I had really bad teeth. Oh my gosh. And I had braces around that age. So this is super hypocritical that you having this <laughs> cosmetic procedure, um, I guess just because it's more common, that seems okay, where a nose job seems super invasive and too much. Um, I don't know where the line is there, though. But you're right. Yeah. Um, that was my, my sore spot, I suppose. It changed. <laughs> I changed it. Uh, right around that age, I was like 13. You know, like, I feel like, I feel like you got to get your teeth fixed. You know, like I had braces. I had the whole thing. I had the expander where they like, like make your mouth wider with a little key every. (gasps) Yes. I had the same thing. My mom had to, to grind it or whatever. Every, I think a few days. Yes. Do you have your wisdom teeth? I do. Yes. I do too. And I think that's why. Because yeah. you get more room. And whenever I go to the dentist, they say it's bizarre that you have all of your wisdom teeth. That's so uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now, so I hate dental work, always have, and I'm just like a huge baby about it. But they, the, the de- dentist most recently told me like, they're locked into your bone now. Like you can't even get them out unless it would be like a major, like cracking open of your, of your jaw if you had to take them out. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> But yeah, I have all four of them as well, which is like, you're right. Very uncommon. That's so funny. I, once I was working with a woman who, um, I laughed really hard and when I laugh, I kind of throw my head back and she literally looked in my mouth and said, you have so many teeth (laughs) and I like other humans were just noticing it, not dentists. And then I found out that when she was young to avoid getting braces, they removed some of her molars just regular molars to give her more room in her, in her, um, for her other teeth to, to, to grow straight. And so I had eight more teeth than she did. <laughs> she noticed immediately. Oh, that would be like a total different, like chewing experience because like those molars, yeah. those are your, like your big, those crank on some steak. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> are the biggest ones in the back that aren't wisdom teeth. They were just, bleh, let's get rid of them. Whoa. But, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, <laughs> I have trouble with those just elective kind of cosmetic things. But once you, I think you have to grow into your body first and figure it out first, which is such yeah. a hard answer to hear at 14. But I yeah. think that's, that's the road I would go down. Well, it's hard because it feels like girls don't have an awkward phase anymore. When you see a picture of a 12 year old girl, she's not like, she doesn't look like we did when we were 12. 
Right. Like it's not allowed anymore. Somehow. No. Or there's just like more, you know, like tutorials of how you apply makeup. Like nobody doesn't know how to apply makeup anymore. Like I, I don't spend much time at middle schools, but I feel like if I did, nobody's like wearing their mom's orange foundation cover girl. Like I was because no one bothered to tell me like what shades were and that those were that you might have a different skin color than your mom. <laughs> And I bet my daughter will be very into this because she notices now if I wear makeup because I so rarely do. And she'll notice on those days and she'll say, oh, I like your eye sparkles. And I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) this is not like me at all. Right, right. So I might not know how to, to handle that if she's really into it and, you know, wants to learn. I'll, I'll be like, oh man, I'm going to have to learn how to do this. I know. I know. It's hard though. I see the same thing with, you know, some of my friends that who have older kids and they're on, you know, a dance team or whatever. And I know that that's different where that's kind of like stage makeup almost, but I see those pictures and I think, oh, wow, they look so much older. And I think they're, you're right. They're skipping that, that awkwardness and just going right to, here's what we think you're supposed to look like, or who knows? Well, because bottom line is we didn't really know what we looked like at that age because, you know, like, yeah, you looked in the mirror, but you didn't, you weren't spending the amount of time we do now reflecting on our appearance. I was a guest on a podcast this week where, um, you know, I was talking about like my experiences, like getting into broadcasting in college. And I, I was, I was telling her how, like, I had no idea that I didn't belong on television, even like college television, because I didn't like, I didn't have the right hair. I didn't have the right clothes, but I didn't know that I didn't have those things because like, unless I was standing in front of the bathroom mirror, like there was no, there wasn't such attention to your appearance all day long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had something similar in college. I was applying to be an intern somewhere and I remember it was a group interview, which I thought was kind of odd, but, and I knew it was going to be a group interview. And when I went in, I realized in the middle of this thing, sitting around this conference room table with all these other people, my own age, that I was the only person there who didn't have on a suit. And it didn't occur to me that I needed one. And I was like, oh, and then I, and then it just kind of dawned on me like, oh, I'm the different one. Oh, I look so different than every other person here. Um, but you're right. It, it, it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have known until yeah. you got there and realized, well, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Did that internship. <laughs> you did get it? Yeah. There were a few chosen, but I did get it. Yeah. My, um, on my, I'm pretty sure it was like my first, no, I think it was my first day at my very first broadcasting job in Sioux city, Iowa. I had bought these almost like seersucker looking pants where they were like kind of khaki, but a little like white stripe in them. And then I had like a blue sweater and I, and it had this little frilly collar and I was like, this is going to look great. And my boss, this giant man named Jeff, he's no longer with us, God rest. But he said, you need to wear a business suit. You like, you cannot be in those clothes. You like, you need to wear a business suit. And I was like, (gasps) 
Right. Like, I was horrified because I thought I looked nice. And like, I think by office standards, I did look nice. Like I was not like inappropriately dressed, but he was like, put on a suit or don't come to this workplace. So I was like, oh my oh, goodness. I hope some of that will go away too. I don't know. Like there's something to be said for looking nice and professional and appropriate, but like to require a suit seems a bit much, Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's my next topic. This is kind of along the lines of what we talked about um, in regards to daycare, but um, are you watching Yellow Jackets by any chance? Did you watch Yellow Jackets? I didn't. Um, super great show if you have Showtime. Um, also, like super disturbing, will give you nightmares. Anyway, um, oh, so I'm, I'm this, out. <laughs> <laughs> so this actress just accepted from Yellow Jackets, just accepted an award, and her like acceptance speech went viral in it because one of the people she thanked was Nanny, and so people are like, like she thanked her Nanny by name and was like, I could not work if it wasn't for you, and so people are like really giving her props for, for giving the thank you to the nanny, which I think was really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. You, it takes a village. It takes a village. It really does. And you don't, maybe you don't realize it until you get there and you need that village. Um, I think that's why we've all been struggling so hard for the last couple of years, because our village was taken away mm-hmm. in a lot of respects, but you're totally right. You know, if you don't have that care, that support system, I, you don't have anything. Um, you're, you're stuck. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Um, and, and especially in a case like that, they become even more so like family if there's like a dedicated nanny. But it, like in our daycare rooms, I mean, they literally did it. <laughs> they did so much of it. And I'm so no. glad. <laughs> they're, and they're so much better at a lot of that stuff anyway. Like we're going through this time right now with, with our son where he will not listen to us. He just, he's not going to listen to us. But if another human says the same thing, then he'll even come to us and say, Hey, this guy said that I should do. We're like, really? He went to the dentist this week and the dentist said, you should, I know you're brushing. You should try to brush a little bit longer. And we were like, Oh, weird. Don't we tell you that every day? (laughs) So I feel like in a lot of ways, having other people in your life is good because they'll listen maybe better (laughs) to other people. Um, so I think it's great. And and then especially to get that recognition. Yay. I love it. (laughs) Well, two things. Number one, um, this should hurt my feelings, but I just like, I'm able to laugh it off because he's my second child. But, um, lately my Everett has been calling me Miss Dawn, which is the name of his teacher. (laughs) So he's oh. just like, um, Miss Dawn, Miss Dawn, will you get my blanket, Miss Dawn? And I'm like, not Miss Dawn, your mother. Yes. And um, his answer to me the other day was like, you can be pretend Miss Dawn. Oh. You could be, be, re- be a retend Miss Dawn, as a retend. I was like, mm, or I could just be like your mother. The like one your real you. mom. Yeah, who yeah. had her stomach sawed open to get you out, but sure. <laughs> But sure, yes. I'll be a retend Miss Dawn. <laughs> I'll be your pretend teacher. Oh, that's awful. Um, but second point is, I think also the reason that I thought the the actress shouting out her nanny was important is because 
I think sometimes celebrities don't acknowledge the amount of help and privilege that they have. Now, granted, you and I have those things too. She's actually acknowledging like, no, I'm away from my kids a lot in order to put together this show about cannibalism in the 90s. And I can't do all that without this sort of a thing. And so it was like, it was sort of like a good reminder to us peasants that like, these things don't happen because she's just better at it than we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many people in that position make it look pretty magical. Like it's just this effortless thing to be a mother and have a career and especially that kind of career, which could literally take you away for periods of time, but it's not. You know, we all have to understand that that airbrushed image of the mom with the newborn baby, that's not real. That took so many people, so many supporters to come and do the, take care of the baby and do the hair and the makeup and all the stuff. Um, But yeah, they look, they make it look really just like magical. Like, oh, sure. I had this baby, but nothing's changed when in fact, everything changes, everything ever. Um, so I'm glad. I love it. Let's acknowledge it more. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, next topic. Do you, I'll be honest, the people at Netflix aren't watching. Do you have and pay for your own Netflix account? We do. Good for you. Good for you. We do. <laughs> we, this, this will date me, but we had Netflix back when they mailed DVDs. Okay. If you remember that, um, yes. we had the queue, the lineup online, and we would move things around. And I do kind of miss that function because I would, we would hear a movie come out and we would put it on the queue even before it was released. So we would like remember that we wanted to see that movie um, and then it would come in the mail like a year later. <laughs> but we do. Um, I will admit that I did use a friend's HBO situation to watch the friends reunion. Okay. Yeah. That was the only thing I wanted to see. I've never had an HBO thing. And yeah. I, I did cheat that one time. Well, you're a better <laughs> person than me. So the, the topic being that Netflix is like trying to crack down on people who password share by like letting you add people on. And so it just got me thinking about all the different accounts that I use to watch all of my um, programming. So yeah, we pay for our own Netflix account and I think we pay for Hulu, but um, I think I use my brother's account for some stuff. And the the wildest one that I have is I believe I have a friend's old college roommate's mom's (laughs) Showtime account. I mean, it was like, like I, I got lost like halfway. Mary, yeah. Like Mary Smith at AOL.com. Like, I don't even know who this person is. I will never come across her. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I, I wish I had thought of that. Honestly, I mean, you just too... got to collect accounts where you can. Right. Right. I'm too naive, I guess, to go poking around. I just think <laughs> you're a better have... person. Oh, that can't be. Um, <laughs> we have too many though. Like, and, and my husband and I joke that at some point there's going to be a streaming service. That's like, Hey, our new thing is that you can pick and choose what you want to watch. And it's going to end up as cable again. Yes. <laughs> Cause there's so many options and we have like four or five of them. Right. Well, and then when Bravo is like, Oh, now we have the peacock and then, and then like, 
Um, you know, you can watch Yellowstone on Paramount, but to watch the other ones, you have to have the Paramount Plus. So you're right, by the time you pay like six, twelve ninety nine per month fees. <laughs> right. You're back to where we were. <laughs> you need to find a friend with an old college roommate's mother. <laughs> Maybe I'll start with my old college roommate. <laughs> yeah. Be like, hey, like, what's your mom doing for cable these yeah. days? <laughs> going on who do you know who in your family has has showtime anyone <laughs> I was worried I was like the anti-Denise because I I know nothing about reality tv shows and I don't know any bit of it and I don't know when it will stop but I'm still my daughter's four I'm still in the mindset of if I can sleep I'm going to so I mean I put them to bed and I might have a good hour and then I'm out I just yeah. I I'm not doing it yeah. It's just awful. <laughs> no, I get that. I really do get that. Um, because I don't know when you're waking up at six or seven in the morning anyway, I mean, what, what are you going to sit up till 11? Like that sounds awful. And my husband will do that. Like I'll just go to bed and he'll stay up and maybe watch a, a game that's on or, or he'll watch, you know, some series, especially ones that are not funny because I don't want to watch with them. Uh, or he'll watch documentaries or stuff like that at night. And I'm like, why? I don't know how you do it, <laughs> but we're very different in that sleep aspect. Um, so if you can, that's great. I'm just still in that. Maybe it's still recovery or something. I don't know. Maybe it'll fall off one day, but it hasn't yet. Sleep in this case should not be demonized. Like you're going to sleep. Like, yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Um, my, my, my daughter asked me very recently, she asked me what my favorite thing in the world was. Well, besides sleeping, <laughs> so she, she knew that was number one. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm not a napper, so I just need my night's sleep. Yeah. Kelly, this was so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was really fun to, to be here and chat with you. Thank you for listening to On a Mother Level, the podcast for moms who can relate. I'm your host, Denise Hanetka, and you can find me on Instagram at Denise WQAD and find the show page at On a Mother Level. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.